Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and say a prayer to Anime Jesus. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. I'm Sam. And I'm Drew. And Sam? Uh-huh. I didn't think there'd be so many hard G words in in this game. Oh, did I not tell you that? Well, they are... It is a soft G. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, but... this is the episode of Dream Drop Distance where they decided to say a whole lot of slurs. Yeah, which I realize, I, I guess, I suppose I didn't know that was a slur. Well, I probably knew that like 10 years ago. Yeah, I. a lot of people are still learning that the G word for Romani people is not cool to say. When did, when did this game come out? <laughs> When did this game come out? Yeah. Oh, God. It was probably like 2010? Yeah, okay. I should know this. And, and I guess also, like, you know, I suppose it is one thing if it's like... I think it is just, you know... Hunchback of Notre Dame is just a real outlier in the whole Disney catalog for a lot uh-huh. of reasons. And <laughs> that's one of them. Which is like, you know... In this case, I guess it is appropriate for characters to be saying it if, like, in historical context they would be... I suppose. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, whenever I look into anything with Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame, I'm always thinking, it sounds like what this is based on is probably pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then they made it into a very strange movie. I mean, I loved that movie as a kid. Well, would you love it if um, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts sanded all the edges off of it and, like... <laughs> And then well, added a bunch of weird. That, b- b- I, I bunch would say of... that Dream Drop Distance has maybe ninety seconds of <laughs> the movie. Yeah, but sometimes it's you so... just watch it. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, Twenty twelve, the game came out. Um, okay. Yeah, I think not as many people knew to not say that word at that point. Yeah. Um, oh. We talked last week about the intro with the the pages flying around as they yeah. played orchestral simple and clean. Did you go back and look? Because I did. I did not. So, yeah, we were wondering if it was maybe referencing the Book of Prophecies or maybe it was just like sheet music or something. Uh, it is. It is a pop-up book and the characters are like springing out of the pages. So I think that we are alluding to the Book of Prophecies, which is pretty funny because we still don't know what it is. Yeah. It's been mentioned one time in another side game. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, honestly don't even remember if it comes up in this one at all. I don't know why they did that. I just gotta fit it in there somewhere so the real heads know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they did that is uh, a thing that I could and probably will say quite a lot about this game. (laughs) Uh, Where did we leave off? I I think that it was just Sora left Traverse Town and Riku did also. Yeah, that ended in... Who who cares? (laughs) Yeah, some stuff with Tui and now we are at... uh, We're at Hunchback Notre Dame World. Oh, yeah, I did want to ask before we get into it properly, what did you think generally of these two worlds? We got Hunchback of Notre Dame and we got Tron Legacy. Hmm. 
I think that this game seems fun, but these are bad. That is and correct. Some of it's... I... <laughs> yeah. I did say right before we started recording, I think they really front-loaded the worst parts of this game. Yeah, I think, like, surprisingly, Hunchback is better than Tron. And some of mm-hmm. it's just that, like, watching Tron Legacy is not a good time, and you watch a lot of Tron Legacy um, during Tron World. Yeah. I... I'm really, I'm really trying to decide whether I think uh, the grid is worse than Port Royal. I think Port Royal was worse still, honestly. But I don't know because we'll, at least we'll, I think I'll sometimes to... Tron's cool. I, I think Tron's cool to look at sometimes. True. I just I hate Tron Legacy so much. <laughs> anyway, I remembered we'll get there. it fondly, but I haven't seen it since it came out, and uh, maybe I shouldn't. I was, I was a. Tron enjoyer. I had only seen it once, but I I liked it quite a lot when I saw Tron as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was I was probably in middle school or so. Uh, so when right. I heard that they were making a sequel and that Daft Punk was going to be in it, I was like, "Yes, this is going to be so cool!" And man, I <laughs> I really did not like that movie. Anyway, Sora arrives in France for the second time in his life. But not the last, because he'll yep. be going back to France later in this very same game. Huh. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I bet I, I bet I know where. Um, yeah, it, it. he's just in historical France now. <laughs> yeah, and the first thing that happens to him is that he crosses paths with Frollo, old Judge Frollo, who is not a priest. Uh, interesting that uh, they were... Disney was so nervous about getting involved with religion in this movie that they made him a judge and not a priest. But they were totally cool with all the stuff about, like, ethnic cleansing. <laughs> sure, and he still just says he's doing everything in the name of God, so you didn't really get that far away from it. Yeah. I mean, I certainly did not remember that he wasn't a priest. I always remembered him as a priest. Yeah. Right, and, like, I don't know. I have no way of knowing if not, if this judge works for the church or not. He lives in it and runs it, apparently, so I don't... <laughs> Might as well be a priest. The first thing that happens to Sora is that he crosses paths with Frollo, who looks at his disgusting attire and accuses him of being a slur. Yeah. To be fair, um, it is very colorful and fanciful, so I could see why he made that mistake. (laughs) Uh, Captain Phoebus arrives and says the monsters have invaded the square. Sora runs off to fight them. Frollo stands there and sort of internal monologues about how racist he is, and he glows purple with darkness thinking about it. Yeah, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> I am ever so racist. <laughs> um, yeah, and then is this when Quasimodo jumps out? <laughs> yes, Quasimodo, we, we kind of cut to the just the middle of the like what is it the the feast of fools or whatever oh yeah oh right this is so bizarre because we have no context for this so sora just like finds quasimodo like wearing the the cape and the crown or whatever or is it like a jester's hat it's been a long time it's like a jester's hat it's like motley kind of yeah and he's he's riding a dream eater elephant and there's cheering sounds in the background the invisible townspeople love it and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the I'm the king of fools." And 
then the elephant just like bucks him off and uh esmeralda arrives leads quasimodo to safety sora fights you know how it goes yeah yeah and it's funny because like it's funny to do it this way because the festival of fools or whatever it is from what i remember in the movie is like super pivotal that's like where he he gets reinforced that people will find him ugly and scary oh is not is that not the cold open of the film (laughs) it's also not the cold open of the film um (laughs) and also doesn't happen here he just gets bucked off of a funny elephant right this is right just like in the movie this is where he learns that it's bad to ride an elephant because it'll buck you off yeah, I'm, I'm glad a I pivotal that. moment. I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't remember what the, like, emotional character arc for Quasimodo is in the movie, but in this, they keep talking about how, like, you know what Frollo did was pretty bad, but it's not as bad as what you did to yourself, Quasimodo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is in the movie, but I, I suspect that if that is in the movie, it's probably better executed than it is here, because in this, it's really wild. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know, I don't really want, um, we've mentioned, we don't want these to just be, let's watch the movie, but unfortunately this time, it is let's watch the movie, but let's watch, (laughs) let's watch it with like almost no context and like no connecting tissue. And no music. And no music, (laughs) true. Because, yeah, like we learned last time, a lot of Dream Drop Distance is going to be like sort of cutaway flashback scenes. Right, yeah. And... In, in the Disney worlds, we, we didn't get this in Traverse Town because the, the flashback cutscenes were to Yen Sid's tower. But in the Disney worlds, a lot of them will literally just be, here, you might be kind of confused what the Disney world is about here. Let's just show you a scene from the movie that Sora and Riku aren't at because it happened before they got here. We couldn't have done this any other way. God. Uh, Sora goes into the cathedral to check on Quasimodo uh, and finds him introducing Esmeralda to the, the big bells. The, gar- the gargoyles start talking and Sora goes, wow, a talking gargoyles. Uh, yeah, didn't expect that. Did you expect that Jason Alexander would be here? I did not expect to hear Jason Alexander. I was like, is that actually him? It really sounds like him. Yeah. He's- if I remember correctly... Uh, the other male gargoyle is also the original voice actor, but I think the old lady gargoyle has long since passed away. Uh, uh, but they got two of the three. It's impressive. Jason Alexander's kind of a nerd from what I understand, so maybe maybe that's why he's here. Hmm. That's surprising. Yeah. He looks like such a jock. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I'm a jock and I'm going to go kick his ass. <laughs> This is the episode where we take a quick field trip to go beat up Jason Alexander. He deserved for it. wearing glasses. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, and I'm definitely not wearing glasses right now. Yeah, me either. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you, you hear my voice reflecting off of my lenses. Um, uh, so yeah, Sora is just like standing out of focus in the background mm-hmm. <laughs> as Quasimodo like. Oh my god, this cut is so funny because we're just like cutting back and forth between Quasimodo and Esmeralda talking about the plot and then Sora in the background staring at them. They literally don't even know that he's here right now and they don't interact with him whatsoever. And then it yeah. gets to the part where Quasimodo says something about like, oh, the the leaving's not safe, something, something. But who said we're taking the door or whatever he said? And then he picks her up and jumps out the window. And then we just cut to Sora who goes, huh, didn't expect that. 
Yeah, no, that's that is the ultimate. Sora's not really a part of this story. <laughs> He's not even really that engaged with it. He, like. We've we've seen times when when he's been like in the background, like cheering and fist pumping with the plot of the movie. But this time he's just like, oh, that was weird. Oh, they're kind of dating, I guess. I don't know. And then What's like, going on there? Yeah. yeah, he really only engages during this plot when he has to fight somebody. Yeah, uh, which is pretty much how I engaged with it when I played it. That's 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 fair. Yeah, and and is this where we get the flashback scene of just Frollo abusing uh, Quasimodo for a while? Yes, and he's. This is the song out there from the movie, but he's just saying it. He's like, "Yeah, you are ugly, and they will find you disgusting, Quasimodo. I am your only friend. I'm your friend, but please continue to call me Master. <laughs> um, should I start calling it's... you Master, Sam? I was wondering. Would that be appropriate? If you called me Master? Yeah, it's like what friends do, apparently, right? Wait, have you not been calling me Master this whole time? No. That's really rude of you. Oh, okay. Sorry, Master. No problem, Master. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why they thought that it would be a good idea to adapt a song into just a chat. It's really weird. <laughs> Maybe you don't have to pay Well, but like you don't have to pay royalties. You're already Got Disney's license, so. it's your, right? This is the same thing that happened in the uh, the Beauty and the Beast world in Kingdom Hearts two, where they're dancing in the ballroom and it's just silence. <laughs> yeah. Also, big cowards for not doing Hellfire. Um, yeah, but I guess Kingdom Hearts maybe doesn't have room for a guy singing about how horny he is to have sex or kill a lady. When so. they started doing the series, they worked out a deal that they would get to say the word hell one time, and they, they blew it on uh, Maleficent saying it in Birth by Sleep. Yeah, he says it a lot of times in that song, too, so that's too yeah. bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he he spoke in words out there to Quasimodo. Uh, Sora, we cut back to Sora, and he's just like, wow, it seems like Quasimodo has made his heart into a prison. That sucks that he did that. <laughs> what was he thinking? Yeah, it's so funny they, they're, they like, blaming him for it and not, like... Like, I guess it is a choice to do that, but literally he's been, like, gaslit by this one crazy old guy his entire life. Who literally keeps him in a tower. Yeah. In rags. Yeah. Uh, Sora goes outside and sees Captain Phoebus again, who is no longer wearing his armor, and is now he's just wearing rags. And Phoebus is just like, Frollo fired me. <laughs> I got fired. I wasn't killing. Because I, I wasn't, wasn't racist enough. Yeah, I wasn't killing well enough. Oh. Frollo sucks. Uh, he says that Frollo has found the Court of Miracles, where Esmeralda's people are living, and... Then they just look over and see Quasimodo holding a necklace, and he's like, Esmeralda gave this to me. <gasps> it's a map of the city. <laughs> oh. And Sora, I love Sora's line here where he goes, yeah, Quasi, nice. And I think Quasimodo just says, yes. <laughs> yes, this is nice. Yeah, Quasi, nice. Yes. What is going on here? Why is it like this? I mean... Again, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I didn't watch it in preparation for this because that felt like it would have been a waste of time. But uh, I'm pretty sure that in the movie, when she like gives him the pendant and disappears and gives him like a little riddle about holding the city in your hand or whatever, 
I don't think that he immediately <laughs> solves it. No, I think there's some time between that and then Phoebus showing up being like, we got to find her. Yeah, uh, but they just go straight there. I mean, we're we're skipping probably quite a bit of gameplay, but they go straight there. Yeah. Um, and she's, despite giving them the necklace and the clue, she's like shocked that they're here. <laughs> she's like, how did you find it? Yeah, I... <laughs> I didn't even... What? That thing's a map? I had no idea. <laughs> Do you think, like, uh, obviously there's no NPCs in this game uh, besides the characters that we talk to, because it's a DS game that's right. also Kingdom Hearts. But do you think that the idea was that, like, her family was, like, glaring at her? And she's like, I don't know how they found the place. Right, yeah, we didn't get to render them, but you're supposed to feel those eyes on her, you know? Or maybe it was on the second screen. Didn't make it. Oh, I, yeah, I actually don't know what they were doing with the second screen because I only played the PlayStation version. Yeah, probably nothing that interesting. You <laughs> probably had to like swipe a symbol on the stylus at some point or something. That was the uh, the reality shifts were touchscreen stuff. But oh, okay. we, th- this was probably firmly in the era of DS game development, where <laughs> where developers realized. Most of the time, there's not really anything good to use that touchscreen for besides a menu. Or a map. That's always good when there's just a map there permanently. I like that. Yeah, it's probably a map. Yeah. Well, I'm on Wikipedia right now. Do they have a screenshot? No. Anyway. Too bad. uh, They warn her that Frollo is coming, and then Frollo arrives. Uh, He has Dream Eaters here. He's just got, like, an army of Dream Eaters. I do love that he, like... He just thinks that God has granted him the ability to <laughs> to summon dream. I, he eaters. literally That's, says that later. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right? which is great. I love that. Yeah, God gave me these things. It's great. Um, and he grabs Esmeralda and is like, "I'm going to go burn her in the square." And <laughs> what happened here? Sora like tries to attack him, but gets like clonked on the back of the head, probably by a dream eater. I, I thought guess. this was just um, him falling asleep because Riku was taken over. No, no, that that doesn't happen at this point in the game. That's just at the start. Oh, I guess he got clonked then. Yeah, he he got clonked. Uh, he wakes up and everyone is gone. I can see why you would think that. That is exactly what happened when he and Riku were falling asleep before, but no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, okay, we go to the part where she's like on the 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 platform in the town square and he's like built a bonfire or whatever they call it uh the stake and in the movie he like lights the fire and it's like slowly creeping up towards her feet and she's like no no and then quasimodo saves her she is fully on fire in this yeah yeah i mean uh <laughs> No, no, it's just touching her. She's fine. Well, she is a witch. She, oh, yeah, that's true. This confirmation, she's a witch. Quasimodo swings down. Frollo just stands there and does nothing as he unties her and swings away. It takes so long. <laughs> takes so long. And at, at this point in the movie, isn't, like, Quasimodo all, like, fucked up and, like... Because I remember him, like, have, being, like, ripped out of his shirt and all beat up at, at when he saves Esmeralda... Um, that I don't remember. I he what that was the part where he's like chained up and he has to like break the chains. Yeah, and I think he does that right before he saves her. But in this case, he's pristine. He just shows up and saves her. Yeah, I mean they spent all the budget on Frollo's outfit change. They don't have one for him. Oh right, yeah. 
speaking of characters just watching passively as things happen, Sora just stands there and watches and then goes, Way to go, Quasi! <laughs> I was gonna let her burn! <laughs> I could have done, like, five kinds of magic to stop that, but I didn't. That is very true. I could yeah. have used Blizzard. No need. Uh, and... He does the thing where he lands back on the cathedral and he holds her above his head and yells, Sanctuary! Which means nothing to us in this game. Yeah, I think we maybe hear about Sanctuary in the Riku, <laughs> Riku side of the story. Yeah, um, like, I, you know, I remember this scene. Yes, of course. big. I remember him yelling Sanctuary. I don't really remember what it meant. I, I It's something to do with, like... The church is sanctuary, and you can't touch her if she's here, or something like that. Yeah, yeah he. That's why he didn't want her to leave because Frollo won't hurt her if she's in the church, right? But yeah. yeah, that has not come up in the game at all. So he just yells it, and also in the movie, he's yelling it to like a huge crowd of people with torches, like filling the square. Right, and that's what I'm thinking. This is where his shirt's all ripped, and he's, like, holding her up over his head, and she's, like, passed out, and, yeah, it's it's much cooler in the movie. Yeah, um, but in this, because, again, it's Kingdom Hearts. I'm, I was surprised, though. I was like, I, I can't believe they didn't even do, like, little, like, blurry pixel people in the distance. No, it's just an empty square, and he, I guess he's just yelling it at Frollo and Sora. <laughs> or a sea of Dream Eaters, that would have been good. Sure, that'd be cool. Yeah. No, he's just yelling. He's just letting everyone know about Sanctuary, um, the two people uh, that are there. I, I do remember as a kid, my sisters and I liked to raise, like, Barbies and other, like, toys above our heads and yell Sanctuary around the time this movie came out. That's really good. It is very good. <laughs> so Sora uh, and Frollo start to chase after him, uh, but Sora is interrupted when a giant gargoyle nightmare called the Wargoyle uh, falls out of the sky and <laughs> I think the idea because Riku fights it on top of the cathedral yeah I think I think the idea is that Riku knocks it out of the sky and that's when it falls to Sora's level maybe is what prob- they were going probably, for probably yeah but from Sora's perspective it just looks like <laughs> it just looks like this gargoyle is just like whoa Oh, let's fight. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. He's Sora's just along for the ride today, so he's fine with it. Yeah, he fights it. Um, We go up to the roof, and, I mean, this feels like the least contextualized thing that we've seen so far. Like, I, you know, I don't like those cutaway uh, flashback cutscenes. But I feel like we needed at least one more because we go up to the roof and Frollo has a sword <laughs> and he says like, your mother died trying to save you, Quasimodo. And Quasimodo's like, what? And I'm like, in what way? <laughs> yeah, cause I think it's implying Frollo murdered her or something, right? Right. Did she die trying to save him from you? That Did- must that must be it, but I don't is remember. That, I mean, yeah, I have no memory of what this plot point is. It's fine, uh, whatever. It's irrelevant. Uh, it means something to Quasimodo, and he... Uh, 
Oh, no, I was going to say Quasimodo attacks him, but no, Frollo just charges at him and falls over the railing and lands on a gargoyle. Was this in the movie? I think this was in the movie. Yes. And then, yeah, because it does, I oh, I specifically remember the weird part where he's holding onto it and the gargoyle comes to life and, like, breathes fire in his face and then he falls Yeah, off. like, smiles evilly at him and, yeah, yeah like, breathes fire. He says some Christian-sounding stuff about judgment and hell and all that, and then he falls into the fire and dies. Um, that's that. Uh. This is the f- and I, he does this twice. It would appear in this part of the game. Yes, gonna, which is really confusing to me. But yes, and I I have stuff to say about that when we get to it. But okay. Uh, you know, Quasimodo's dangling, Esmeralda pulls him up, Phoebus helps, they all smile at each other, Quasimodo makes them hold each other's hands, which means absolutely nothing to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the romance storyline is absolutely not present here. No. It, it's a, It just looks like Quasimodo is rewarding the two of them by, like, playing matchmaker. You're too, you're hot, you're both hot, you should, you should be together. <laughs> um... And then they go back inside, and this is the part where Sora says, Quasimodo, you can't let your heart be a prison. And Quasimodo says, I know, I can't blame Frollo for putting walls around me. I think you t- can, dude. I, like, I think you really can. <laughs> you really can. Like, there's he a lot. Very much did do it. Yeah, he literally, he literally did that. Apparently, he killed your mom. Like this dude, he really did a number on you. It's okay. It's not. I it, can't blame Frollo for the things that he did. <laughs> He's my master. Was my best friend. God probably told him to do it. Yeah, just like God, God gave him the dream eaters to kill us all with. Sure, we don't know how he got them. It might have been the Christian God that gave him. The it's probably God. It's probably God. Uh, he he goes outside and says, or he's like, "I'm gonna go see what's out in the world," and he leaves. Uh, and Sora's like, "Cool." And then Sora turns to look at the altar, which, I mean, I get why they did this, but I don't know why they did it the way that they did it because I I I can understand that Kingdom Hearts didn't want to have a giant cross and the Pieta. Why not? <laughs> because maybe there's some implications to uh, bringing Jesus Christ into Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. Let's just make Sora Jesus Christ at this point. Ooh, that Why sounds not? Fun. That sounds but good. Instead, there's there's like a big anime Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I say anime Jesus. He's just like some guy in a robe, like with with cool anime hair, standing on a big statue. And Sora's just like, wow, I'm religious now. Wow, that's me. <laughs> there I am. Uh, Sora monologues about how Quasimodo was trapped in the nightmares that Frollo gave him or whatever. And then, finally, something happens. Mysterious Yellow Eyes Boy arrives and calls Sora a hypocrite and says, you're one to talk about making someone's heart a prison when yours is one, even if you're not the prisoner. Get it? Bye. <laughs> and Sora says, wait, no, I don't get it at all. My heart's a prison? What? We get a little cameo here, though. Yeah. Vanitas is here for some reason. Yeah, just kind of floating over his his shoulder, over yeah. Mysterious Boy's Sora- shoulder. He's he's not wearing a mask, right? No, face is out. Yeah, Sora has no thoughts on, like, oh, why did that guy appear next to him who looks just like me? I think enough shit has happened to Sora at this point that he just, like, it, it all just kind of washes <laughs> over him. 
<laughs> I mean, it, I guess at a certain point it has to. Yeah. No, oh, that was weird. Oh. Anyway, he unlocks the sleeping keyhole, and uh, that's Sora's part. So this is definitely, um, this is one I started to think about, and it kind of gets addressed later on. I was like, this, none of this seems like a dream. It just seems like he's visiting worlds like he did in the other games. Mm. Um, but Mysterious Boy is going to say something about that later, so maybe I'm onto something, or maybe I'm not. Well, we'll talk about that when we talk about it. Okay. Because first, Riku has to watch the movie. Oh, yeah, it's Riku's turn. Uh, This was pretty wild, because Phoebus is chasing after Esmeralda. Uh, you know, again, it's it's all kind of happening at the same time, so uh, so we're, we're earlier in the timeline of the movie. Uh, and she uses magic to disappear in a puff of smoke? I think it's supposed to be a smoke bomb, but it does not look like that in this in this cutscene. <laughs> just looks like she has magic powers. She's a witch. She won't burn, and she can make <laughs> she can disappear in smoke. Yeah, I feel like she's she's maybe just decided to play into Frollo's misconceptions. Maybe, yeah. You think I'm a witch? All right, I will become one. <laughs> Frollo was right, like you said. Yeah, uh, unless I cut me saying that, right. But but amplify me saying it. <laughs> no. So Riku pretends not to have seen her and Phoebus goes away and she thanks Riku for protecting her. Uh, this time he didn't go awkward. Oh, a girl is talking to me mode. Right. He's he's m- more mature now. Right. He he learned he got some tips from Shiki. Mm-hmm. Or he's just not um, into Esmeralda. She's not his type. Yeah, she right. She's not anime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What what is with your weird body proportions? Yeah, why are you so tall? Looks like you could move around like without why a lot of problems. So small. Yeah. <laughs> um, she explains Frollo's hatred of her and her people, and she uses the keyword of darkness, and Riku's ears perk up. It's like, oh, I understand um, that, and. I don't really remember in what... Co- I think that this is basically exactly how it happens, is that Riku's just like, oh, where can I learn more? And she says, well, go to the church if you want answers. Everyone goes to the church for answers. Yep. So Riku does. Yeah. And Quasimodo is there. They talk about Frollo. Quasimodo says how cool Frollo is. Um, <laughs> and says that he's on the outskirts of town, which Riku immediately knows exactly where to go. <laughs> Oh, the outskirts, perfect. I know, I know my way around France. Oh, just the entire, just anywhere, like in on the border of this giant city. Okay, yep, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Quasimodo, uh, who has not experienced growth and triumph just yet in this timeline, says that he's a monster. And Riku says, "Hey, looks can be deceiving. You should go outside and find some friends who would understand you." And then he does the same thing that Sora does, where he's like, are you sure that this isn't all your fault, Quasimodo? <laughs> yeah, eh, maybe it is. I do think that, um, I, I think I'd still like Riku's part better here, because Riku, Riku at least starts, like, making connections between what's going on in Hunchback with, like, the themes of Kingdom Hearts. Yes, whereas Sora has absolutely nothing <laughs> to yeah. do Sora basically just like checks out for an hour and then leaves. And yeah, I mean, did Sora do anything he besides fights... fight Dream Eaters? No, he just fights Dream Eaters, and 
says, wow, good job, a couple times. <laughs> Way to go, Quasi. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Riku is like, I think that you should try to tear down the prison walls that you've built around your own heart. And then he leaves. And as he's walking out the door, he mumbles to himself, oh, I wish I could take my own advice for once. Oh, shit. He oh, said man. it. Yeah, and that's why I think this is, like, decent, because, I mean, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they should be blaming Quasimodo so much, but at least Riku is a guy who has had trouble with, like, these types of things. Yeah, you know, being being manipulated and controlled by a person whose heart is ruled by darkness. Yeah, yeah, he's been through the same stuff. So, Riku takes the bridge out of town uh, to go to the outskirts, which is one house, um... And the Wargoyle is here, and there's a part where you have to, like, cross the bridge while it's shooting fireballs at you, and it's fine. Um, <laughs> Phoebus is protecting an unseen family from Frollo in an unclear way. When, He's standing there. Yeah, Riku arrives along with the Wargoyle, and he says, here, I brought you this. <laughs> uh, and I think Phoebus is like, ah, a demon! And Frollo's like... That is no demon. It is the righteous judgment that God has granted me to smite all of the Romani forever. Right, and I I did really like this. I'm like, yeah, that's what this dude would think um, if this yeah. happened to him. Uh, Riku tells Phoebus that Frollo ha- has big dark, and Frollo says, no, I don't have dark. I'm light. I'm good. God love me. Uh, all right, time to kill these people. Yeah, I think, doesn't the Wargoyle just, like, slam Phoebus against the wall like Pluto did to Sora? Yeah, this is where I wrote Phoebus more like Feeble. Nice. Thank you. Feeble ass. Feeble ass. Uh, And Riku says, you'll be fine, and goes to fight it. We get a little (laughs) flashback where Frollo, oh yeah, this is a thing they mention, it's like, Frollo called Phoebus back from the war or something, and says we gotta do ethnic cleansing and Phoebus says, well, I don't know about that, boss. But I guess I'll do a little bit. And we cut directly to Quasimodo holding Esmeralda in the middle of the burning square. Right. Which doesn't it doesn't at all like square with what Sora saw. So I think we have to assume that these are like different versions of the same world. In the same way that uh, Traverse Town was, I guess. Uh Right, but then you talked about how the thing got knocked down to Sora by Riku, but that couldn't have happened if they're in parallel worlds. Yeah, maybe he, maybe the Wargoyle actually did just trip and fall off the building. <laughs> oh, and clumsy. Um, yeah, I don't know, but like, there's other, there's other like, uh, uh, sort of conflicts here. Like Phoebus in Riku's world doesn't get kicked out of the guard. He's never not wearing his armor. Yeah, unless there's the timeline's all screwy, but yeah. I mean, not to mention your point earlier, we do watch Frollo fall to his death twice. Yeah, he falls, it's different this time, too. Yeah, so I, I, I think that that is a sign that these, they are not existing in the same world. Mm. There's no there's no moment where like Quasimodo is like, oh, another kid said the same thing to me, and he also had a key. That's true, yeah, it, it's not doing birth by sleep stuff. <laughs> Yeah, these these do seem to be different versions of oh, France. Is Sora in the real world and Riku's in the dream? Mm. That would maybe, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. The dream eaters are in both. 
something to consider something to consider yeah so riku uh oh that's right riku runs up to fight the war goyle and first he turns to quasimodo and says did your heart have the answer and quasimodo just smiles and says nothing (laughs) (laughs) he says what the fuck this kid is talking about he says ellipses (laughs) what i mean yeah like seriously though it I this is why when I played I assumed even though again it doesn't really square up but when I played it I assumed that it's all happening to the same characters because it doesn't like I I guess I'm just assuming because Quasimodo like has an arc that carries across both timelines but it doesn't really make sense in either of them on its own so I'm like I guess it if you add them up together it makes sense that he experiences growth well i guess it goes to show it goes to show that riku and sora had no effect on these people so the story happens the same way whether they're there or not yeah which i think that might be part of the premise of the dream worlds is that they're just kind of playing out the events regardless Hmm. I, i i don't think it ever really gets into this but i I kind of got the sense, and I always sort of imagined it as, like, if Sora and Riku, like, left and came back later, it would just have reset and be going through it again. Because it's, uh, it's a dream. I don't know. That's 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 how I always read it, but... I guess I don't know enough yet. Yeah. Um. So, Riku... Oh, that's right. Riku runs inside and sees the three talking gargoyles killing a dream eater. Yeah, they've got bloodlust, and they just keep on killing them. Yeah, and Jason Alexander is like, don't you worry about these, we got them! <laughs> they are made of stone, and Dream Eaters are made of, they look like stuffed animals, mostly. <laughs> they are basically plushies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Riku is like, well, okay, I guess the gargoyles have this, I'll fight the boss. Yeah. <laughs> um... Up on the roof, Frollo is watching the city burn and cackling. I will say, we have no... There's Why is the city on fire? Dream Eaters did it. I guess so. Like, when we were down on the ground, there was just, like, a sort of orange glow in the air. But now the city is fully on fire. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, I think the mob stuff gets out of hand, but we don't have any of that here. Yeah, I mean, in Riku's story, he didn't even do, like, the bonfire that we... At least not that we saw. She was already saved when we got here. Riku was hanging out with Phoebus when that happened. God, what a weird game. Yeah. Um, He summons Wargoyle to fight Riku, and they fight. Um, Oh, no, sorry. They don't actually fight yet, because he... Oh yeah. The when the wargoyle like takes flight, the sort of wind knocks him off the building into the fire and he's just loving it. Yeah. He's like, uh, this is my judgment or whatever, right? Is he I flies won. In. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> and he drops his sword on the ground, on the roof rather, mm-hmm. and the mysterious boy appears once again alongside Ansem Seeker of Darkness from Kingdom Hearts 1. That was wild. But now he has a sword. <laughs> right. The normal I sword. I did love to see him holding a sword. Yeah, it was good. 
Too bad he doesn't keep it. <laughs> but no. yeah, he says something like, oh yeah, he's like, that is the cost of yielding to the darkness. And Riku's like, oh, you would you would know. And he's like, I didn't yield to the darkness. I embraced it, okay? It's different. It's, it's different. different. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Riku tells them to fuck off. And they do fuck off, but smugly. Right. Uh, and Mysterious Boy says that Riku's afraid of the dark. But Riku says, nuh-uh, I have the Keyblade, and it will guide me to the light. And as long as I have it, I'm not afraid of the dark. And then he fights the Wargoyle, and it sucks. <laughs> Does it? I have no idea. Yeah, this is a bad one. You're like flying from the rising air in the heat or whatever. It's just it's not good. Okay. Your your dream eater party like can't really get to him, <laughs> so they're not contributing at all. Uh, that sounds bad. Yeah, this is a bad boss fight. Uh, they're back on the ground afterwards. The city is no longer on fire, and it's perfectly fine. And Quasimodo says, "You know, Riku, you showed me that the real walls were actually the ones that I built around my own heart. Thank you." Yeah, it really was all my fault. That really has nothing to do with the uh, lifetime of abuse I've I've had um, mm-hmm. from my master, my friend. Uh, Riku says, yeah, I was speaking from personal experience. And the others just say, so they just go like, oh, yeah, man, sometimes it's like that. Huh? Bye. Does this mean Riku thinks it's his fault that all that stuff happened to him? I guess the, the charitable read of this is that it's not it's not about blame. It's about being proactive and doing what's best to move forward in your life. Like Ansem did what he did to Riku and that sucks, but that's no, that's no reason for Riku to like, you know, keep himself at a distance from his friends. Like he did in kingdom hearts two. He has to, he has to just accept what happened and strive to be stronger, you know? Yeah, and I guess it all happened in the first place because he didn't trust his friends enough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I think it I think it's fine for Riku to feel this way about his own experience. It just continues to be weird that they keep putting that on Quasimodo, a person they barely know. Yeah, uh, Riku uh, unlocks the sleeping keyhole, and then something good happens. Yeah, this is great, and things finally the things, game is good. Things started to make sense to me finally here. Yes. Uh, because we go to the clock tower in Twilight Town, and Axel is eating ice cream. This is not really happening. This is in his imagination. Yeah. He's eating ice cream, uh, and Roxas is sitting there and says, Hey, Axel, remember, you promised to always bring us back. Got it memorized. And Axel says, Best friends forever. And then Lee wakes up on the floor in Ansem's computer room. For some reason, he's wearing a dark cloak, and no one else is. <laughs> yeah, I... Maybe they... Because, yeah, the others... Okay. Axel and Isa... Or, I don't know why I mixed up their names like that. Lee and Isa were also apprentices of Ansem. They just joined after the others. Yeah. Maybe the idea is that, you know, in Birth by Sleep, they were their teenage selves, and we never saw a version of them... <laughs> Where they're wearing, uh, like, the lab coats. Maybe, yeah. So they were just like, well, are we are we really going to give Axel, like, a new lab coat design? Or are we just going to have him wear his black coat? Yeah, it does feel like maybe just a little bit of laziness, but that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's like a 10-second scene, so fair enough. But mm-hmm. 
he he looks around, he sees his reflection, and something looks a little bit different about him, but he doesn't quite uh, place it just yet. Uh, he sees Dylan, alias Evan, and big adult Ienzo waking up on the floor. And then he looks in the mirror again and he notices the little green marks under his eyes are gone. Yeah. And he he basically understands, like, well, I, I put those on my face as a nobody. If I don't have those now, this is my original body. We're yeah, people we're, again. We're people again. Uh, but he notices that... Uh, he, he says, like, well, I'm not surprised that Xehanort's not here, but where are Bragg and Isa? Yeah. Yeah, well, we know where Bragg is, we think. He I think off. I did cut the part in our final Recoded episode where I spoiled that uh, Mysterious Boy was saying Syx. Yeah, yeah. This is the moment where that is confirmed, is that at the... <laughs> Is that he goes, and then it uh, the Kingdom Hearts reconnect or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he took he took Isa, he took Isa, or maybe Syx never actually died. I don't know. One of the two. Uh, we did see him oh, wait, we did on see the floor him. in. Recoded. You're right. Yeah. He, so he took them. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this is where I finally think I understand who the boy is, which is. Zenmus died, and so did Ansem, so this is them recombining into, I guess, a young version of Xehanort. Mm. So it isn't Terra Xehanort, it's just a Xehanort. I think that we've seen enough that I can officially confirm now that this is a young Xehanort. It's weird that he ends up young, though. There's there's stuff going on, and you'll understand why he's young, uh... I will say, because when I asked you at the end of Recoded if you knew who this was, I think that I said that we did have enough information that you could have figured it out. Uh, We did get a little glimpse of this character uh, on the Destiny Islands at the very, very beginning of Birth by Sleep. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's just that I fell for the, I think, kind of clever thing they did, which is thinking that some of those scenes were flashbacks and not actually happening (laughs) concurrently, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to sort of ground yourself in the timeline with all the stuff they're doing. And I think that is on purpose. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's good, actually. I also I think this makes me realize that I think this means Terra's out there somewhere. Because... Mm. Because, obviously, his is the... Well, actually, I don't know. Because we never saw a Terra nobody, unless Zenmus was his nobody as well as Xehanort's. Oh, man. So, I can I can tell you right now, because I was very curious about this myself, and I was wondering if this was a gigantic plot hole. It's never addressed, so the general consensus is that when Xehanort takes Terra's heart out, because he removes it to put it in a new vessel, as opposed to just, like, removing it in the way that it it happens when someone becomes a heartless, there wasn't a heartless created, so there wasn't a nobody created. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit confusing because we we think that we know what happens when a heart comes out of a body, but it's it's a different type of heart removal, I guess. <laughs> Well, it was kind of more like Xehanort crammed his heart in next to some of his some of Terra's actual heart. 
Oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah, it's Xehanort's heart that comes out. Yeah, so there would be a there would be an old man Xehanort, heartless and nobody. But that is not the case. Yeah, because of yeah. I get you know he talks about like the 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 process of removing a heart that a Keyblade Master can do. I guess I guess it's just a different process. He it's it's more uh, surgical, I guess. Yeah, one. I was wondering if that meant like Zenmus as a nobody is kind of like Roxas as a nobody, where he's kind of a weird one because you had sort of two hearts in one body. I think I think Zemnis is considered to be a quote unquote special nobody for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bad news though, because Sora finds himself in a sort of familiar world, but not exactly. He says, wow, it's like I'm in Tron world, except it looks very sleek and modern. I do think that Sora's new Tron outfit looks like shit. It does. It looks very bad. I love the old school one. I don't like this one. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the problem with it is that the original Space Paranoids costume was emulating a style of, uh, like, digital world aesthetic that feels very retro yeah like retro video games look yeah so this one is trying to imitate tron legacy which feels extremely modern which means that sora just feels so wrong sora <laughs> he should not be here sora looks like he's playing laser tag or something um <laughs> and it's funny because part of it's because they give him the weird shitty helmet <laughs> Um, and no yeah. one else is wearing those. If I think if you just had the bodysuit, I think if you had the bodysuit, he'd look kind of okay. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that that would have been cool. I I I wish he wasn't wearing the stupid helmet. It, it whatever. I feel like they I, only do I it hate because, this movie, so I'm fine with hating this world. <laughs> I feel like they only do it because of the thing they do later, where you see him in his old outfit. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He sees a recognizer, but he doesn't recognize it, which is pretty funny when you think about it. <laughs> Been looking forward to saying that. Uh, he sees some cyber guards and runs up and says, Hi, I'm Sora. And they immediately try to arrest him. Uh, he runs away and meets a cyber guy with two red discs who prepares to attack him. You did miss uh What's your handle? I, I don't have any handles, which is good. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's good. Thank you, yeah, Sora. They, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, so we cut away, like, very nearby, uh, like, 20 feet or so away in the Uncanny Valley. Jeff Bridges, Olivia Wilde, and the other guy are watching. His name is, his name is Sam, isn't it? (laughs) The character is Sam. I don't know the name of this actor. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, and they look at Red Guy and say, Tron, he's alive. (gasps) It's funny to get that just in the first few seconds of this world when that's like, I think like a mid-movie twist. Yes, that Tron in Tron Legacy has been reprogrammed from our funny friend into a dumbass idiot named Rinsler. Rinsler's the worst fucking name. What is that? Yeah, that's his punishment. Most, because like, I mean, it's sounds said, like- you were my enemy. Now you will have a stupid name. It sounds like you're too drunk to say Riddler. Um, and, like, I don't get it because, like, most names in Tron are, like, vaguely computer terms or technology terms. Rinsler's fucking nothing, as far as I know. 
I'm on r slash Tron. Anyone know what the name Rinsler means? Very cool sounding, but I wonder if it has any meaning. That's wrong. Okay, hold on. Rinsler, Rinsler. J.W. Rinsler. A film historian and writer known for publishing books about the behind the scenes of blockbuster movies such as Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Jesus. Who could care? I mean, this is is a bad... Like, why name Tron that, though? Yeah, what is the connection? He worked at... Uh, oh, he was a he was a Lucasfilm executive. Editor. Yeah, he was involved with Lucasfilm. Okay. Is Tron Legacy Lucasfilm? Wow, what a what a t- what a what a touching tribute to Mr. Rinsler. <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> to have the, the beloved character of Tron become evil and Be- named Rinsler. Yeah, <laughs> we have to kill Rinsler. Oh, thanks, guys. I love it. <laughs> Rinsler must be stopped. Fuck that guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to feel a little personal, everybody. <laughs> and his books are bad. What? I no. The, no I, the... d- I didn't even know that the character was writing books. Everyone loves the novelization of of like Police Force or whatever those. <laughs> That's Lucas Arts, not Lucasfilm. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it said it was books about like the production of these movies. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe his books are great. I don't know why they decided that that was. The way that they would tribute Rinsler. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a fine name for a person. Yeah, it is. It's just not. If a I good met na- someone named Rinsler, named Jonathan Rinsler in person, I would think absolutely nothing of it. No, it's just, it's not a name for Tron. His name was Tron, and now it's Rinsler. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the thing, because he was renamed from Tron, so you assume that it's some kind of like computer word, but you're like, what does that mean? Is it like oh the you when you defragment your hard drive it, it has to run the win, the Rinsler? <laughs> it's the Rinsler effect. Yeah, I don't know. Just a guy. <laughs> the installation Rinsler is not finished running. Yeah, well, very well. strange. Uh, so yeah, the for anyone who's not familiar, I do vaguely remember what happens in this movie uh, since I have seen it somewhat more recently than Hunchback. Uh, Jeff Bridges is Kevin Flynn, who is the protagonist of the first movie. He was one of the people who built this digital world. His son, Sam Flynn, comes to find him because he disappeared. And Sam finds out that he got sucked into the digital world. Uh, Olivia Wilde's character is extremely stupid, and we'll get there in a little bit. (laughs) I don't need to get into that just yet. Sam, uh, maybe the most milk toast character of all time. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think the only other thing that is worth knowing right now uh, about the plot of Tron Legacy is that Jeff Bridges' character has like a digital copy of himself named Clue, who I'm pretty sure was in the first movie. I think that might have been his avatar. Oh, God, it's been too long. Since I think I it's like, yeah, like guess. Clue is friendly, I think, in the first movie. Yeah, yeah but now Clue is evil, and he, I think, I think they say that he, like, did a coup on the Master Control program, maybe? Yeah. He's in charge, basically, and he has exiled well, uh, Kevin. I think that Kevin had put him in charge, and then he just went bad, I believe. Yeah, I don't really remember why he turned evil. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. stupid. Um, So... 
Rinsler gets a call on his helmet and leaves without fighting Sora after all. And Sora doesn't know who he is yet. Uh, and the the others walk up and look at the Keyblade. Olivia Wilde's character is named Quora. Mm-hmm. Not like the website. There's two R's. Yeah, I wonder what she was named after. <laughs> Quora. Yeah. Uh, she is very impressed by this new program and its cool key sword. But Sora says, I'm not a program, I'm a user, and this is the Keyblade, and it's real. And he says, so is this Tron's world? And Kevin says, that was Tron. I created this place with Tron, then Clue staged a coup, and I was exiled, and Tron was reprogrammed into the evil Rinsler, who is a bad author. That's right. Um, Sam, I got a fun fact about Cora's name. Okay. Cora's name has an Italian origin meaning heart. Kingdom Hearts. When you walk away, you don't hear. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I think they did that on purpose so that they could be in Kingdom Hearts eventually. Yeah. Uh, Sora doesn't understand anything that they're saying, by the way. No. But he says, well, if Tron is evil now, we should fix him. Yeah. Kevin says we should look for a copy of his source code that Clue probably has. And Sora says, I don't know what that means, but I'll go. And he just starts walking off. And they're like, where are you going? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got distracted because I just learned that there was a TV show called Tron Uprising. Oh, I didn't know about that. I knew there was like a visual novel that I think came out recently or is coming out soon. It was was on Disney XD and Elijah Wood was in it. Oh. What the fuck is this? Is it a crossover with Spy Kids Game Over? Um, I don't know. There were 19 episodes, and then it was canceled, or not renewed. It said after America's the- got Tron fever! It said after the, the events of Tron Evolution before Tron Legacy. And Tron then Evolution? And then there's the graphic novel Tron Betrayal. What is all this sh- What is Tron Evolution? I don't know. I'm clicking. That was a video game that came out uh, that's a before Tron Legacy. Is it a Wii game? It sounds like a Wii game. It was PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC, and on PSP and Nintendo Wii and Nintendo DS. Okay, it was an everything game. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What is, Disney was really trying to make this happen, huh? Yeah, well, I guess, Sam, you and your brother know what you can do if you don't want to do Doctor Who for a little bit. <laughs> Get deep in the Tron. The Tron, Tron whichever. Yeah. God. Um, no, I legitimately, I was thinking the other day, I wish that I could watch more Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who's good sometimes. I've been liking it. I'm, I've been having such a good time. I'm like, I wish that I was allowed to watch more than one new episode a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so... Sora and Quora decide to go look for the source code while Kevin and Sam just go unclear other place. They go off to do Tron Legacy. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Clue looks at a data disc projection of Sora and his Keyblade that Rinsler gave him, and we go, "Uh uh-oh, Rinsler's evil in this. Yeah, oh no. This is where I realized a little bit before the plot did that this isn't even the same Tron, clearly. Yes, uh, this is a great time to explain what is going on here, because we know from Kingdom Hearts 2 that Ansem got a copy of the NCOM system and repurposed it into an operating system for his computer, 
So that is what the Space Paranoids was, is the copy that Ansem made. This is the original system that the copy was made from. So this is, like, what his system could have become if they had continued developing it. So all of this stuff... Look, I hate Rinsler in the movie. I think that it doesn't work at all, and it's really stupid. And the part at the end where he goes, I fight for the users, and just has an inexplicable change of heart is so fucking stupid. This makes even less sense, because this isn't Tron that Sora knows. This person has never met Sora. Yeah, I I guess their hearts are resonating across time and space or something. I guess I have to accept that. Maybe it's like when when uh, Hainer, Pence, and Olette felt that they had some kind of connection to Sora. His heart is just, like, leaking emotions at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your heart recognizes a friend. I guess so. Uh, and Tron sees him and says, hello, Master. And Sora <laughs> says, good to see you, Master. Good to see you, Master. Uh, Sora and Quora arrive on Clue's ship or whatever. And they look for the source code, and then they give up. And as they're about to leave, Rinsler shows up, and Sora says, Wait, let me talk to him. Maybe I can jog his memory with a heart-to-heart. Don't you remember being Tron, Rinsler? And then Rinsler attacks them. And he and Quora have a really stupid, like, disc fight cutscene. <laughs> yeah. I remember- Not man, great. I oh, I remember thinking it was very cool when I saw it this movie what was what was wrong with me here's the thing there's a lot of stuff about this movie that i think is cool mm-hmm. like you know the score by daft punk yeah is very cool the the set design the visuals are very cool the fact that a lot of this is like practical effects like they're wearing actual like light up suits and not just cgiing on digital effects is cool yeah um yeah, I, I think that there is a lot of good stuff about the movie, just none of it is related to the plot or the characters. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was 19 when this movie came out, so that might explain some things, too. <laughs> uh, I have learned from uh, looking up clips of it to compare and try to make some sense of what the hell is going on on YouTube. Uh, there is a very, very vocal and very, very, very defensive phantom <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> Oh sure, yeah. It's well, it's a piece of, well, I'm gonna say it's a piece of media. So of course, there's people that that uh, defend it, and also it is about spontaneous waifu generation. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's always funny whenever whenever there's a group of people who like are a community that is defined by liking something that is not really that well liked. They just get so defensive, and they're, it, it, every every comment on every video is like, Disney should be ashamed of themselves for not letting this movie be the the flagship franchise it should have, what, like, whatever. But, God, yeah, I've seen people in the comments be like, I watch this movie once a week. I'm like, what? That's horrible. I like, was looking up the the final scene with Kevin Flynn confronting Clue, and so many comments were talking about how it makes them cry every time they watch it. I'm like, how much are you watching Tron Legacy? Imagine doing, imagine you just doing the worst idea of all time to yourself, like voluntarily <laughs> and loving it. Oh my god! I mean, look, if you like this movie, it's fine. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. No, no offense to the people who love this movie. I just can't understand it. Um, so, 
uh, yeah, Tron Rinsler knocks Quora out and locks Sora in and takes her away. And uh, who should arrive but young Xehanort, who says some really dumb shit. I mean, he is grasping at this point to try to tie things in. He's like, we often put the most precious of our memories in the back of our minds where they're safe. Or in your case, the most precious hearts. Sora, don't you get it? You've got people in your heart. Just say it at this point, young Xehanort. What does that mean? We we put our most precious memories in the backs of our minds where they're safe. That's a good point. That's just gobbledygook. When I when I have a really good memory, I like to put it on the brain shelf and forget about it so that I can never forget about it. Yes, I go into my mind palace and I go past Christmas memories and and there it is. That I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's nothing. That's why you always have to think so hard to remember the things that matter the most. <laughs> where did I where did I put that? Yeah, what, what are what where, are shit? Yeah, what are my values? I don't know. Anyway, uh good news though because it's it's one of our favorite guys. Zemnis is here. Yeah. Zemnis is Yay. cool. It, I am like wondering how all these people are all here, but I'm assuming that's what Kingdom Hearts 3 is about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much. Uh he he says some wild shit because he says uh, that hearts are deeply linked to memories, but digital worlds don't work the same because there aren't hearts. The memories are, you know, stored in data. Uh, he he reveals what we already talked about, which is that this is this is a copy, or no, this is the original data that Ansem made a copy of. And he says, like, you can make copies of data and reprogram it however you want. The way that he demonstrates this is by making copies of Sora that face in different directions. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I thought that was going to be a fight, but it's just a demonstration. I could program you to look left, right, <laughs> forwards, or even up. It's kind of like a tech demo. <laughs> uh, and he says, "Have you ever noticed? I don't know if we've talked about the fact that uh, Zemnis has a really odd way of speaking, where he." He uses words and phrases that feel very unlike the way that other characters talk in these games. In what way? He says here, um, Can you say for sure that what's in your heart is not a copy of someone else's? You had better make certain that the box's contents match what is on the label. Yeah, he is like, he tries to be very, like, droll a lot of the time. You're right. Yeah, he he says stuff that is like weirdly mundane, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the label on the box. Yeah. It's it's very it's very strange. He has a very different vibe from a lot of the characters, which I do like, even if I don't quite get what they're going for. Yeah, the the PO number on the invoice has to match. My oh god, I got to get back to my emails. <laughs> That's true. That's what it is. Yeah. Is corporate speak. Yep. Um so Sora doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. No. What else is new? No, yeah, but that's Tron. Shut up. <laughs> and we get a very interesting uh, line from young Xehanort, who says, Don't you understand yet, Sora? This world is not the realm of dreams, because Data can't dream. You have no idea that you've already wandered off the path, do you? 
I think that I think that Kingdom Hearts Recoded would disagree with you maybe about Data not being able to dream and stuff. But yeah, this was like I'm like yeah, this doesn't seem like a dream. Apparently, he's not in a dream. Yes, this is this is interesting. Is uh, unlike the other worlds, Tron Legacy in Dream Drop Distance is not a dream. He's in a computer on Earth, I guess. I guess so. I assume that what's going on is that the world that Encom exists in was probably swallowed by darkness, and the grid sort of went with it. But, you know, I, I guess I understand the logic of, like, a computer can't dream, so it's just it's still just running. The, the data world is still here. Yeah. I will say, like, if these are supposed to be dreams other than this one, and I've misunderstood that, it's too bad they don't lean into it being dreamlike and strange and different in some ways. Yeah, I think that 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 comes across mostly through the reality shifts, um, just as a concept, even if what they they actually Mm -hmm. are isn't even really that interesting. Like, I didn't even mention what uh, what the Notre Dame one is, which is just, you can like create a grind rail to grind around on yeah because i think like if i were you know if i was in charge of making the kingdom hearts game which i should be um then (laughs) what i'd be doing in this game is like the the plot of these movies isn't happening right because it's a dream and like weird stuff keeps happening and like sora and riku help get it back on the path Uh uh-huh yeah that that would be cool yeah, that's what I thought this was going to kind of be, and then that's not it at all. It's just it's just Kingdom Hearts again, but apparently dreams. Yeah, it's it's weird though because I, I mean, again, we'll we have more Disney worlds ahead, so sure, sure. it'll we'll kind of settle into a rhythm. Part of what's so odd about this is that we start with Traverse Town, which is not like that at all because it's dealing with the world ends with you characters and whatever Joshua is doing and all that stuff. Then we go to uh, Notre Dame, which is. It, it it is what most of these worlds will be, which is a dream that plays out the events of whatever movie the world is based on. Then we go straight to the grid, where we find out that this is not actually a dream because Data can't dream apparently. Which I mean, fair enough. I would you know if you asked me, can Data dream? I would say what? No, no, huh? huh? You try to sell <laughs> Although me. It's funny you... how Kingdom Hearts works that you say Data can't dream, and I'm like, hey, of course it can. Yeah. If it has a heart. <laughs> is the computer crying? Because if so, it definitely can dream. Yeah, if you made uh, the computer but... sad, does, does the computer understand hurt? Does it want a can of beans? <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we, we've we've gotten three uh, dream worlds so far, and only one of the three works in the way that most of them do, <laughs> which is kind of odd. But yeah, um, yeah young Xehanort leaves with uh, Xemnas. And the ship flies Sora to an arena where he has to fight Rinsler. Oh, no. Oh, man, my friend. No, my friend who doesn't know me and I haven't met him before. Um, Clue is here. Here's a fun thing about Clue in the movie Tron Legacy. Um, because <laughs> the idea is that Jeff Bridges, as a human being in the computer world, of course, has aged. So he he arrived as a younger Jeff Bridges, and now he's Jeff Bridges. But Clue is an avatar of him, so Clue will not 
age with him. So they did digitally de-age Jeff Bridges for Tron Legacy to be Clue. Yeah. But they, oh my god. No, it looks bad. I remember what it looks like. So the way that they that they made the uh, younger Jeff Bridges, because you might think, well, they have all this footage of a younger Jeff Bridges from Tron at the age that he would have been. Right. Can't they just use that? No, they they took his likeness from a 1984 romantic thriller called Against All Odds. <laughs> okay. They just, like, dug up some, like, not particularly well-liked or well-remembered movie that he was in in the 80s. And we're like, yeah, we can, we can reconstruct him. <laughs> so bizarre. weird. Why? Yeah. Huh. I guess maybe they, like, didn't like the lighting of how he looked in the original Tron or something. I don't know. Yeah, God, I don't know. But yeah. whatever the case... uh Dream Drop Distance really captures the sense of a digitally de-aged live-action actor. Yeah. Looks very bad. It looks um, a little bit like um, oh, Polar Express to me. Mm, I never but, saw it, but I do know what it looks like. It's the most Uncanny Valley movie ever made, I think. I I just I I can only think of the Neil Cicerega video where he said that Tom Hanks stars as a Tom Hanks puppet. It's correct, yeah. Um, so Clue tells uh, uh, Sora that he will change Rinsler back into Tron if Sora hands over the Keyblade. I don't really remember why he. Oh, okay. So that's right. The plot of the movie is that. Clue wants Kevin Flynn's data disc that's on his back so that he can open the portal to the real world and go to the real world and, like, rid it of imperfections. Yeah, be a real real boy. Yeah. So I guess, I don't think they really spelled this out very well, but I guess the idea is that he thinks that if he gets the Keyblade, he can just go without needing to get the data disc. That, yeah, I think that's it. I think yeah, right, because the key the keyblade opens doors. So yeah, and Sora says, "I can't. I promise to give it to Jack Sparrow when I die." Um, right. So Clue leaves, and Rinsler starts attacking him. Uh, Quora shows up outside and says, "Don't give up. You can get through to him." And they fight, and then uh, we get a little. Yeah, you mentioned this earlier. We get a little vision. Sora kind of flickers back to being space por- space paranoid. Sora. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, but so I guess just like Tron resonates with that somehow. Yeah, uh, and Sora. Oh, I'm. I I wasn't going to say what all the reality shifts are, but I have to say what this reality shift is, because in the grid, you do a hacking reality shift. Uh, of course, now that we know that, that's, uh, that this is not a dream, we know that Sora is actually hacking. Right, yeah. Good for him. Good job. Hacker Sora. Just like Hacker uh, Mickey. A little bit weird, though, that Sora does hack Tron into being his friend. Well... He did say he would hack. Yeah, I mean, he, he t- they talked about this before. Tron's down with that. Um, um, it's just it's just a little weird that he does effectively just like brainwash Rinsler into being his pal. It is it is strange. Yeah, he he fills Rinsler with memories that don't belong to him. 
Yeah. And then Rinsler dies for him. The Rinsler dies for him and becomes Rinsler again anyway. Um, okay, uh, this is so funny because uh, Clue appears and attacks Sora and Rinsler jumps in to protect him and he like deflects uh, Clue's disc attack and the floor under his feet is shattered and he falls and Sora reaches out to him and he reaches up to grab Sora's hand but he it's too late, he falls and he probably dies except then clue is just like ugh now i have to go retrieve him <laughs> <laughs> i got to go down the stairs and, and bring him back up and it's going to be a real pain which is funny because in the in the movie this is sort of gesturing to the part where they're like flying their sci-fi planes and rinsler suddenly goes i fight for the users and like crashes his plane into the enemy and they all fall and die yeah, right. Very funny to repeat the thing of Rinsler having a change of heart and falling, but then Clue is just like, now I gotta go get him. Yeah. Um, I liked this part because this is the first time I get to see some gameplay of Sora fighting with the Keyblade he got in, from the Hunchback, which is a Keyblade that has a bell on it, and every time he hits Trong, a little bell sound plays, which is fantastic. <laughs> I don't think I ever used the 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 hunchback keyblade. It it is kind of disappointing that Riku and Sora with like one or two exceptions always get the same keyblades as each other. And, yeah, and I think it was that... like a it was a very goth keyblade. I was surprised. It's like a goth keyblade with a bell on it. But yeah, when you hit when you hit Tron with it, it makes a cathedral bell sound. They d- it does probably look a little bit more goth because it is uh using the color scheme of the grid. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Although it is, you know, it's got like a gargoyle and it's like a big black tower with the bell on it. Yeah. I guess that's literally um, gothic, like, um, <laughs> like architecture. But yeah, it, it is kind of similar to Birth by Sleep where it's like, oh, this one enhances your magic. Well, I just don't use that much magic, so I'm going to use the one that does more attack damage. Although... That's probably a mistake in uh, Dream Drop Distance because you you might uh, like to know what is the unquestioned most powerful ability oh, in yeah? Dream Drop Distance. Possibly the most broken ability in all of Kingdom Hearts is the spell Balloonra. <laughs> oh no. Where you summon a big cluster of balloons and then hit them at your enemy and uh, it just does a massive chunk of damage. Why? I think that they maybe. Uh, I feel like I've heard that there's sort of a bug with how the damage is calculated. Like maybe, maybe there's supposed to be like some kind of elemental resistance with most magic, but the balloons are like normal type damage, so it just does way more than they probably intended it to. Uh, That's really funny. Yeah, but in in much the same way that uh, when we watched the the fight against the mysterious man in uh, Birth by Sleep, the secret boss how all the footage was showing just like an alternating deck of like thunder da- uh, thunder surge and kiragas right you you will usually see people by the end of dream drop distance just have a deck of like all balloon runs and kiragas <laughs> that's good very silly um, so Quora shows up and says congrats you tronned him and uh, she says your key must have a really cool power and he says Yes, and Quora, you have the power to make me see that. And she says, are we friends? Yay, friends. Uh, If this is not clear yet to anyone listening who hasn't seen this movie, Quora is not a human being. 
And we will get into exactly what she is very shortly, but yeah, Jesus a, Christ. A spontaneously generated waifu. That's what she is. Pretty much. Uh, we just cut to Sora standing alone somewhere. It's not. I don't know where he is now. And he just says, is it possible that my memories really aren't my own? Well, I'll just keep going forward and trust that my heart and the keyblade will lead me to the truth. And he unlocks the sleeping keyhole for the grid. That usually works for him. Yeah. We get another Lee cutscene, though. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, looking all over Ansem's uh, library or his uh, his study or wh- uh, whatever, uh, trying to find any clues as to where Brag and Isa might be. Um, uh, Alias mentions that Dylan and Evan are still unconscious. I think that there is an explanation for that at some point that might just be, like, they died really hard <laughs> as nobody's... <laughs> <laughs> right uh i might be wrong about that that's i feel like i remember reading that in some report somewhere <laughs> but uh lee basically says like i don't think the others are coming back um and ienzo ienzo goes science mode uh this is a, a fun recurring thing with ienzo that we'll find is that he is he loves to think and and theorize and Lee has no time for it, basically. So, yeah, yeah, I gotta go just find him, dude. He's like, People who are recompleted normally would return to where their heart was removed in the first place. If that world is unavailable at the time, a refuge exists for them in the realm between, called Traverse Town. Perhaps, and Lee is just like, whatever, shut up. He's like, Let, let's not let's not get lost in the weeds of that. We all were recompleted. They should be here too, which means that they're gone for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, uh, I guess I have to bring them back. Why do I always get stuck with the icky jobs? He said it. He said his catchphrase. He did. The other one. The other, not the not the big one, the, the smaller one. Smaller one, yeah. I did want to say, by the way, <laughs> something that I've... I, I Because I... This podcast is in a weird place with spoilers sure. where I I really try not to spoil stuff, but there's some things that I just, it's very hard to keep track of what happens when and what we know when. Yeah, fair. Um, And I definitely have talked about my theories about Ienzo before. Yeah, right. Oh, right. And I, I was wondering if that ever like raised a flag in your head of like, why would Ienzo matter? He's dead. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew that some of them came back okay um just because i know people talk about axel and and so i knew he'd be back at some point mm-hmm. um i didn't know they'd all come back though yeah um i have to say i i never expected to find out that when you kill a nobody they just come back as a person <laughs> yeah it seems weird feels like a real loophole in being able to live forever yeah, I guess I guess it's, you know, becoming a heartless and a nobody is not supposed to happen, I guess. It's kind of like against nature. True, it's not easy to happen. Fair. Yeah, um, so when when it's undone, you kind of just get slammed back together and it's like, "Oh, oh shit." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I I guess we'll probably deal with more of the weirdness of how then what about if your nobody got itself a heart while you were out and then you come back mm. to it? What does that do to you? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Who's uh, nobody got a heart? Didn't well. Didn't kind of Axel start to get one before he because he was starting to like feel emotions and stuff. 
okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I guess maybe just getting back into his real heart. Um, I don't like recompleted is I don't like that word. That's dumb. Um, and then doesn't actually look at the wall and see the door to darkness note on the wall before we cut cut away. Yeah, he looked at it meaningfully, but I didn't really know what to make of that. I assume he's going to try to use the door to darkness to find um, Isa and Bragg. Hmm. Maybe. I don't really <laughs> I don't really remember what's going on there. Which the door to darkness is just isn't that space paranoids? Um so the DTD was uh like Ansem's secret files database or something. Right. Oh, so he can he's gonna check the files database, try to find them. Maybe. It was also it it was named after the door to darkness, which I think is very literally just like the path to the realm of darkness. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly. All right. Okay. Uh, Riku is going to go to Tron now. Good for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike Sora, he decides to let himself get arrested and just see how it plays out. And it plays out great because he gets a cool bicycle. Yeah, he gets to he gets to meet the bland heartthrob of Sam Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> the, the empty the vessel. The vaguely handsome looking man. The little bit of meat filling up this suit called Sam, yeah. <laughs> uh, who is also being arrested, and he says, "Hi, I'm Sam. I'm being arrested. Welcome to the grid." Uh, Clue takes Riku to the the game center or whatever, and says, "You're gonna have a light cycle battle. Have fun." How is this a perfect? How is this a perf- perfect society where? Well, never mind. If I got arrested and then it just meant I got to do a cool cool light cycle race, that seems better than what we were doing. So, like, who am I to Well, it's judge? more of a death game, but... Yeah, but it seems fun. Uh, well, I can tell you from experience, this fight is not fun. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's, a, it's a, a tricky proposition when you decide to mix it up with Kingdom Hearts, because it's like, you put so much time into making the Keyblade combat fun... And then you said, well, what if you couldn't do almost any of your abilities? Right. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of this part. It's 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 not super long, but it is pretty long. And I think I did die a few times, which made it extremely long. And that's why I hate it. It, it didn't look like you could heal. So maybe that's part of the no, problem. No, you cannot heal. And mm-hmm. uh, the the boss shows up at the very end and then, in my experience, kills you. <laughs> <laughs> you go great i'm glad i have to do the whole thing over again yeah uh, but riku eventually decides that it sucks and just blows a hole in the wall and leaves uh the hole is kind of shaped like a butt oh i thought it was a little heart i think it's supposed to be a heart but it's a very uh bottom heavy heart i'll say well riku is a teen maybe he was just making a butt <laughs> that is very yeah, he he blows a hole in the wall and then he shoots uh, a big dick into the wall. <laughs> big dick, and then he yeah, he gets he gets caught because he was drawing the hairs. <laughs> Riku was the one who did the dicks. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Sam Flynn just like catches up to Riku and is like, "Hey, congrats! Anyway, there's a portal that will let us leave the grid." Uh, and then my dad can come home. He vanished 20 years ago, and he had to go into hiding to protect his disc from Clue, and Riku says, okay, uh, I'll go with you. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm down. We then get another f- fucking Tron Legacy flashback. Or, actually, I think this is the only one that we get, come to think of it. Maybe. It is, yeah. 
Um, it's a very long scene from the movie of Kevin talking to Sam in his, like, his weird sci-fi apartment with, like, the black tile floors and the extremely bright white furniture. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing his, like, cyber Jesus robes. Yeah, he, he looks like a Jedi uh, most of the time. He does look very much like a Jedi. He basically explains that when he came into the digital world, the portal closed behind him. It can't be opened from the inside. Uh, he says, it's open right now because you came in, but it's not going to be open forever. So we have to get back to it. Uh, he He says that his disc can open it and get back out, but he can't take the risk because that would allow Clue to leave. I don't really remember why it is that the portal is open, but we need the key to open it? Yeah, I don't know. Plot. Uh, whatever. Maybe the idea is that if Clue gets the disc, then the portal will think that he is Kevin and let him leave? I think that's right. I think that's it'll yeah. think he's a guy and let him out. Basically, the the drama here is that Kevin says, it's too dangerous, I can't take any risks, I'm just going to live here in this little hole forever so that Clue can never get my disc. And Sam is like, ah, you're, you're a coward, and he leaves. That's that. He's practicing disc retention. <laughs> He's enlightened, he has Jedi powers, we'll see later. That's true, yeah, that's from all the, all the disc nutrients. Yeah. Um, they get to the city question mark and uh this is unbelievable and i feel like when you do this you fucked up because sam is like okay i'm gonna go look for someone you just kill some time and he just leaves and it we just like fast forward and riku is just hanging out here just waiting and then some dream eaters show up and he goes glad i get to fight more than boredom Right, like, funny quip, but it is, like, you're just admitting that you kind of, like, show plot and then have a fight. You didn't and right. didn't, come you, up with, didn't have a reason for it this time. Maybe take another pass at that one. Yeah. Just something to consider. Um, so after he fights them, he, he eventually finds Sam and Kevin carrying an unconscious Quora. Riku says nothing about this unconscious woman that they're carrying. Yeah, he and Sora have just seen too much shit, so they just roll the stuff, like, a little too easily now. And at this point, I'm gonna start seriously glossing over shit because it doesn't matter. Kevin says, we're gonna go find a solar sailor and get to the portal, okay? Flashback. Like, moments before this, Quora is unconscious, they're in, like, an elevator or something, and Kevin's disc is gone. And they argue about it, and Kevin is mad at Sam, and we don't really know why... And then Kevin says, we should just do nothing. Actually, let's get a solar sailor. And I say, hey, I remember that. They just said that. Thanks. This is when I could sense this didn't matter and started making my coffee this morning. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Yeah. Uh, they sail solarly uh, while they work on fixing Quora. This is where we learn what Quora is. Kevin says he didn't write her code. She is the last of her people. An ISO, digital people who manifested spontaneously into this world. Yep. That's stupid. You know what else I hate about this, and I always have? Why would they be called ISOs? That's already a computer word. <laughs> right, isn't an ISO like the... It's it's like a copy of your, like a CD, basically? 
Yeah, it's basically like, yeah, the, like a file that is a CD, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they <laughs> use something that already exists. He's like, she is the last GIF, a girlfriend interface female. That's that's more accurate. <laughs> uh, Clue believed that the ISOs were an imperfection, so he wanted to kill all of them. Kevin says, uh, this is all my fault. I was so busy looking for perfection, I didn't see that it was right in front of me. And he looks at his son, and I'm sure that's really meaningful in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then Riku... I can't explain this. I'm curious if you thought this. This doesn't make any sense because it's a video game, but it sounded like ADR. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they maybe recorded it later on a worse microphone. It's, like, way louder and way flatter when Riku is like, wow, we have to fight Clue. You know if you look too hard for one thing, you miss everything else. (laughs) I don't think I noticed it, but yeah, it's probably just, like, a re-record in a different location. (laughs) Um, Riku basically draws a parallel between Clue and Xehanort. Xehanort was obsessed with answers. Oh my god, he says... That any one of us could create an Ansem Seeker of Darkness if we're not careful. It's true, though. I disagree. I don't think I could do that. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, hmm, that's a good point. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, they get to the portal, or no, they don't. God damn it, this is so fucking long. <laughs> yeah, well, we can get to the portal, though. Yeah, is there anything at all? The only thing that happens that I thought was worth talking about is the weird Mantis um, Dream Eater that made me laugh really hard when it showed up. because it's Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very goofy. The big boss. Um, yeah, it's like a cyber moth praying mantis thing. There is a really stupid part here where Quora wakes up and she gives Kevin her disc and says... I have to go. And she just, like, runs away and immediately gets caught by the cyber guards. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably in the movie. Yeah, probably. Sam says a line that I'm sure is from the movie where he says, I'm a user. I'll improvise. So everyone who knows that is clapping. They get to the fucking portal, for Christ's sake. Um, uh, Rinsler is here, but Riku just, like, launches him off the edge of the ship, and I don't think he <laughs> appears again. Yeah. Rinsler just shows up and gets knocked in off a cliff and just that's it. Thanks, Riku. You just killed Sora's friend. I don't think it even is a fight. I think it happens in a cutscene. I think yeah. No, it appears to. Yeah. Uh so yeah, they get to the portal and there's a boss fight, and Kevin says, you know, Clue, perfection is impossible, and also it's right in front of us. But you didn't know that when... I didn't know that when I made you, so you don't know it either. And then Clue just kicks him in the stomach. (laughs) Yeah. I was pretty tired of his monologuing too, Clue. Yeah. This part... Okay, this part is so stupid because... Riku, Sam, and Quora are all, like, standing around the portal. And then there's, like, a sort of walkway bridge type deal. And Clue opens this bridge up so no one can cross while he's standing with Kevin on the other side. Right. And this is exactly what happens in the movie, by the way. Yes. And he grabs the disc from Kevin, but he sees that he's been tricked. It's actually Quora's, 
they have his disc. And yeah. Kevin gets up and is like, leave without me. You have to go. You can't. I. There's no way for me to get up. They fucking, you just like opened a bridge. Like you couldn't contrive any better way for him to have to sacrifice himself. Right. So stupid. Yeah. We haven't really been convinced. I'm not convinced they, they can't just go fight Clue still. Right. And also, like, yeah, why can't they fight Clue? And moments later, we see Kevin use, like, Jedi powers. Are you telling me he can do, like, a giant force push, but he can't jump across a fairly, like, it's like a pretty big gap. I couldn't jump it, but. Yeah, what were those force powers? I don't, that, that I did not remember. I, I do remember that happening in the movie. I don't remember why he can do it, but. Yeah, because what happens is, um, yeah, Kevin is like, uh, the bridge tragically disappeared and there's nothing we can do. So you have to leave and I'm making a dramatic sacrifice and it's sad. And you'll cry every time you watch this once a week. And uh, Sam takes the disc. He does the pose from the poster where he holds it above his head. And Cora is standing next to him like a woman. And they <sighs> go through the portal and... Clue jumps across the gap and he tries to go through the portal while he still has time before it closes. But Kevin does like a fucking uh, deus ex human revolution like fist punch onto the ground and makes like a big magical gust of wind. That does something. Yeah, it's weird because it it's like a it's like a shockwave out, but it pulls Clue into him and he like absorbs him. That's right. Yeah, he yes, he reabsorbed himself. Which I don't know why that would be how that works, but that is what happens in the movie. And Riku is just watching all this and he just thinks to himself like, you know, passing through passing gates between worlds really challenges and changes you. There's more trials ahead than anything. All right. And he unlocks the sleeping keyhole and that's the grid. <sighs> Woof. Woof, indeed. Well, we're we never have to talk about that again. Yeah. Why'd they do this to Mitron? Our good our good sweet boy. He doesn't even dance once. Yeah. It was yeah. it was sad to see him fall to his death once. We had to see him fall to his death twice. Yeah. yeah. This would have been the best time for him to dance. We could have had Daft Punk music and he could have danced to Daft Punk. I mean, if they're not if they're not putting Hunchback of Notre Dame music in this, they're definitely not putting Daft Punk music in it. That's true. That'd be pretty good though if if uh, they go through the portal and uh, Clue has been reabsorbed, and then Rinsler like climbs back up from the ledge and he's like, "All right, guys, it's time to party one more time." <laughs> <laughs> And the uh, and the two Daft Punk guys are there, and yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh my god, if Riku got a Daft Punk dance party and Sora gets nothing. What if the game that had the da- the Daft Punk dance party was on the fucking 3DS? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, and it'll never happen, and that's the end. Um, yeah. What a what a mess. Yeah, no, this part's not good. I'm like, I'm actually like pretty favorable on this game so far but this part sucked yeah i these two worlds are pretty shit i i do like this game a lot as much as it hurts my head um and it's it's only uphill from here as i remember um next time we'll be talking about 
Prankster's Paradise. I don't know why they didn't call it Pleasure Island, but it is the Pinocchio world. And oh. we're going back to Traverse Town for some reason. Maybe they were uncomfortable. I don't, know, I don't remember why, but we do go back to Traverse Town. So I guess we'll. Maybe they're unco- they might have been uncomfortable talking about pleasure in a kid's game. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I, I mean, they were comfortable talking about it in a kid's movie. Different times, I guess. We're we're go- we're going to Root Beer Island. <laughs> we're Pinocchio plays with tons of shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's that's that. Uh, I don't remember the order that we do all this in. Do we do Wish Us Duck? Do we dive to the wiki? Do we answer questions? I think we should do Wish Us Duck first. This is Wish Us Duck. This is Wish Us Duck. segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck. I was thinking we would say, my heart is a prison. Or my heart's okay. a prison. It's a little easier than normal, but sounds good. Unless you got something else. Nice and short. Sometimes we deserve a break. Yep. I tried to I tried to get the upward inflection of the question, but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't very good. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Well, it's still better than what I'm gonna do, probably. So. Oh, almost. Let me try that again. That's not bad. I think that was one of your best. It, yeah, I think it was. Okay. Not bad. That's a good better. Yeah. Not bad. Um yeah, that's that's that. Uh we do have some questions. This this episode's running long, so I think we'll save some of them for next time, but we do have some questions for this time. Okay, sure. Um We've got one from you, which is what is Jesus's nobody name? Yeah. Um well, I was thinking, yeah, Jesus exists now because of the Hunchback of Notre Dame in this world. Uh-huh. And if he was a nobody, what do you think? I I was thinking, oh, what did I think it would be? Sedgix? Sedg. Sedgix was what I was thinking, maybe? Sedgix? Sedgix. Where's the second S? Oh, that's right. Sesjux was what I had. Sesjux. <laughs> <laughs> um, possibly, oh, what was it? Essuxch? jesus x yeah jesus yeah well i'll worship him um we have two questions from sauce they are they're similar i think we'll do one this week and the other next time okay um (laughs) what changes would tetsuyo nomura make to the website formerly known as twitter but now known as key well that's the first one okay well he would probably there'd be a lot more like artistic embellishment everywhere probably um more like uh more plaid yeah this is, a, this is the thing everyone thinks of nomura as the zippers guy but he's actually moved on to plaid these days okay some plaid um cooler symbols still x's it's still x's i think um yeah i mean the the like button would still be a heart um, but it, maybe it would be way, 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 way bigger. <laughs> yeah. You... Every every tweet uh, has the full size like moon of Kingdom Hearts as the like button. <laughs> well, no, it's when you get enough likes, it like blossoms into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good motivator for making good posts. Yeah. 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 Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. He probably wouldn't do any of the stupid monetization from what I know. Well, actually, never mind. He makes all his mobile games, so maybe he would. Um, <laughs> I I want to believe that Tetsuya Nomura himself, the human man, probably had absolutely nothing to do with the decision to fill Union Cross with gotcha mechanics. Sure. Uh, absolutely no character limits with Tetsuya Nomura, because he's going to let you write <laughs> like, as long as you want. <laughs> I mean, I think Elon already did that. Yeah, right. But, yeah. I don't know. I think that's... What do you got? Uh, hmm. Your Twitter circle would definitely be your Twitter heart. Yeah, that's right. You don't get you don't get shadow banned. You get banished to the void. Right, yeah. There's a whole second... Um, there's a whole separate app that's for people who have been banned in the darkness. <laughs> the realm of darkness <laughs> the realm of darkness where you only get to deal with other denizens of the dark oh god i mean that's that's basically what twitter is now that's fair yeah as far as i know it's i'm, I'm not in there anymore but yeah they they recompleted all the nazis who got banned <laughs> that's true damn really cool stuff thanks elon thanks i wonder why i'm not on that website anymore hmm. yeah, uh great. we had another question right i think we got one on on your post yeah I, this is i like this question uh this is from Chell, um, it is, when I was little, the Hunchback of Notre Dame used to scare me very badly. Me too. Um, I haven't played 3D, but I can imagine the Kingdom Hearts world is probably not quite so upsetting. True. Uh, I, <laughs> no one sings horny songs about burning up a, burning up a woman in it. So yeah, it's less upsetting. Uh, I do have a certain respect for the, some of the scary weirdness of the movies I watched as a child. So with that in mind, in October approaching, what part of Kingdom Hearts so far is the scariest? Uh, and which Kingdom Hearts world, if any, would be improved by making it more frightening or unpleasant? Hmm. Um, you know, and I think this is like, I think the funny thing about Kingdom Hearts in general is King, like the things happening in Kingdom Hearts should actually be very scary. It's just that the protagonists are constantly no selling it, which is like a very mm-hmm. kids movie, a very kids movie thing, right? Like that's, if yes, Sora absolutely. was, if Sora was acting appropriately to all the things happening, this would be a horror game already, basically. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the scariest stuff that happens in these games is like, the Ansem reports. I mean, the the way that Ansem, yeah. who turned out to be Apprentice Xehanort, describes, like, the shadows have begun teeming in the basement of the castle, and it's because he's been, like, experimenting on humans that they've presumably kidnapped from the town. I mean, there's one part where he sa- says, like, I have attempted feeding both living and non-living samples to the Heartless, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Like, oh, all that shit. stuff. And, like, also, like, Xehanort and all the shit he did to, um, to, uh, uh, Ventus. Like, the child. He fucking, like, <laughs> let that kid die. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I think I did find, um, the end of the world part in Kingdom Hearts 1 a little bit scary. It's specifically the part where you're, like, visiting all of the worlds that you've been to, but they're, like, empty and just it's just heartless there's no like characters there like that kind of freaked me out as a kid it's 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 very like unnerving i would say well the end of kingdom hearts 2 gets like really bizarre and abstract and Mm -hmm. like i think that so because yeah what's the scariest i I agree it's it's the the reports are the scariest what i think would be maybe better by being more frightening or unpleasant is that end of kingdom hearts 2 because it's already really bizarre and dreamlike 
and like pretty weird what's happening to Sora and and Riku during all that. And I, if you just twisted the knobs a little bit, I think it could be kind of cool and scary at the same time of them having to deal with all the truly bizarre things Zenmus is doing while he's fighting them. I think uh, Hollow Bastion in Kingdom Hearts One could have been a lot freakier. Um, oh yeah, but right. you know what? So- you know, you know what is like on the verge of being scary, but always like pulls back is Data Twilight Town, the prologue of Kingdom Hearts Two. Like, oh yeah, like the glitchy the parts stuff. Where Roxas is like investigating the mysteries. And there's, like, shadow selves of him and balls, like, flying out of the wall or whatever. And then they just, Hainer, Pence, and Olette just walk over and they're like, huh, looks like it's your reflection. Let's go. And then, like, the reflection starts moving in the mirror or whatever. Or the, like, waterfall thing. He is a like, little bit in a creepypasta haunted video game. Yeah, yeah. They they always, like, play it for laughs, which is fine. Because, you know, it's kind of the sort of, like, exasperated, like, come on, guys, don't, you're not looking, sort of thing. But, like, yeah, it, it conceptually, it is very freaky. And they, they don't really, like, take that tone with it at all. But I think, I think it could have been cool. Yeah, I agree. Although I do, I do really like the prologue as it is, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, that's just not what these games are doing. Um, but, yeah, I think it would, it would be fun if they did it a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. So when when they do Kingdom Hearts final underscore last rendition underscore really final underscore seriously underscore two, <laughs> uh, I think that they could just leave it as is. <laughs> Good. Uh, do you want to dive to the wiki real quick? Or yeah, let's do a quick. Do we, have, one. do we have time for that? Okay. We got time for a quick dive to the wiki. Do we want to read about Warp the Hedgehog? Yeah, I'd love to re- read about Warp the Hedgehog. <laughs> Warp is a 16-year-old hedgehog and one of the main protagonists from Heroes from an Old World. Um, yeah, there's, there's some things going on here. Um, I would say, you know, you can talk a bit about, like, the normal things, like his cuff, cufflinks that transform his hands into various weapons. Um, <laughs> it's virtually limitless. The transformations seen so far are a fire cannon, an energy sword, his personal weapon choice. And Why does a, a hedgehog have cufflinks? And a machine gun. I don't know. He has them in the... I think, like, doesn't, doesn't Knuckles kind of have them, maybe, on his... Um, I don't... Mm, I don't think so. That stuff's all good, but I think the best part is his theme song, which is Blow Me Away by Breaking Benjamin. And then <laughs> and then if you want to see it, it goes line by line through the song and explains how that relates to the, the lyrical connection to his character. That's so cool. I feel like something very similar happened on the Sonic fan and Wiki. I wonder if this could be the same person. This is like that SpongeBob guy or whatever. SpongeBob 100. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to read see. it? You could. Oh uh, uh, no! This was made by Infernox. Ah, uh, bummer. Um, we could get into the lyrical connection to the character, unless you think that's just too much. <laughs> yes, let's let's uh, do a, a quick performance of that song. <laughs> I don't know how that's. Uh, I do see that uh, alias Warp. Okay, well that's his fucking name. Warpy by Nebula. E one o o six Omega by Doctor Madness. <laughs> Doctor Madness. <laughs> uh, 
Um, his whole family's dead, I'm noticing, except for his sister. That's that's not great. Oh, Skizzy the lizard has a crush on him. Oh, that's cute. That must be the lizard in the photo with him at the top, maybe. No, that's Nebula the Cedrian. Uh, oh, okay. Well, anyway, the song goes, they fall in line, one at a time, ready to play. This could mean Dr. Madness's many E-thousands, but it can also refer to the enemies amassed against Warp during his life. Ask me later, once I've decided. <laughs> uh, the next line is, I can't see them anyway. Warp does not truly know who is a friend or foe in his life. Um, no time to lose. We've got to move. Warp is always on the run. No shit, he's a hedgehog. I'm losing sight again. Warp's path to the truth is slowly blurring. <laughs> Sorry, sk- skipping ahead. Only the strongest will survive. Warp knows the entire civil war in Jewel is based on power. Whoa. Lead me to heaven when we die. Warp knows he will die eventually, and he hopes to find penance someday for the souls that he killed as E-1006 Omega. Oh, man. Um, I want to go back to one, which is, fire your guns, it's time to run. Warp has to lead civilians and his friends to safety no matter what. <laughs> I've skipped down to trivia. Warp has many similarities to... <laughs> Warp has many similarities to other characters, although in his own spin. Oh, although it's been applied that Scourge gave Warp his Scar of Darkness, it is unknown who truly gave him that scar. That must be... Okay, because I... When we first were looking at this... I was like, why does it look like there's like a there's like a pencil hole in the paper that the picture of Warp was drawn on? That must be the Scar of Darkness. That must be it. Well, that's good. That I think that's good for, for this week. Yeah, I think that's good for this week. You know, I, I said I said that we would probably not spend too much time on the Disney Worlds last week, uh, and then I, it turns out we had a lot to say. Turns out, yeah, I guess. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, that's how it goes. We are on co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. You can listen to my other podcast, Doctor Huh, where we're watching Doctor Who in a random order. And we just did our episode on the uh, final episode of The Eleventh Doctor. And next time we're going to be talking about... Oh, it's another it's another Matt Smith. That's right. It's uh oh the vampires of Venice. We're gonna be hanging out with the palms again. Nice. Alright. I'm i I'm still catching up, but yeah. That <laughs> it's a fun show if you're not listening to it. I don't know who's listening to this that isn't listening to the other hey, show. I think you... it's a fun show if you are listening to it. <laughs> That's true. It, it usually is, yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, I'm on co-host at Achilles Heelys, and you can listen to me on the F Plus. There's actually a new episode with me in it um, about R slash fantasy writing, and um, I know I didn't say the catchphrase, and I'm fi- I'll find a way to atone. I'm so so sorry. Oh shit! Now you have to say, now you have to say all three of your catchphrases next time. Yeah. I haven't listened to that one yet. Uh, my girlfriend did tell me uh, some stuff from it, and I'm very excited because it sounds like these people are really really creative. They are creative, yeah, it's true. There's a great sword. That'll make a, a really nice double feature with the recent extra credit about world building. <laughs> yeah, they kind of dovetail, yeah. Uh, we're hosted on noisepace.xyz where you can listen to other podcasts like my brother's podcast, Kamarocho Radio, about Yakuza. Infinite Wealth, coming soon. Wait, what? In- what's 
Is that a new show that's coming? Or oh no, no, that's oh, the, no, new, the, oh, the new game. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. <laughs> yeah, all the all the trailers are starting to come out for it. I thought maybe you were just saying like the show's really taken off and pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's gonna leave. By. Yes, uh, they have. They have been picked up by RGG Studios as the new official, uh, like a dragon podcast. And yeah, most of the studio's budget is now going to them. That's fair. That that's a good use of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how the game uh, comes out now that they have no money. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, you can also check out uh, the Island Shuffle. It's one of my faves. You can check it's 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 over, but you can check out City Girls Make Do, where they talk about sex in the city. Yeah, and you can also listen to the worst idea of all time, where they talk about sex in the city. Oh yeah, you could and lose their minds. They did an episode that was a double commentary track when they watched the movie twice in a row, Sex in the City two, the movie. And I I watched it once with their commentary track, and that movie is unfucking real <laughs> yeah i can't believe that it exists everyone should watch sex in the city 2 once anyway that's that's how i usually like to end these episodes is by saying that yeah well uh we've got we've apparently got multiple xehanorts in the mix so there's never been a better time to say it keyblade 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 nice nice i i do see in the table of contents for warp the hedgehog that there is a section called the rockers of jewel (laughs) yeah i I saw that i'll read that on my own time (laughs) bye bye your heart memories your data and your dreams the bits and bites that have made up your life so far can you say for sure They are not just copies of someone else's? Yes! My memories and feelings belong to me! You had better check. Make certain the box's contents match what's on the label.